I want to spend a moment unpacking the big little word of faith. So before I provide any other context, I, I'm, I'd love to get a, a sense of the room, if you will. When I say the word faith, what comes to mind? When I say the word faith, what, what comes to mind? Reliance? Mm -hmm. Strength? I'm sorry? Trust? Belief in, mm -hmm. confidence, okay. all right. Acceptance, ooh, acceptance, all right. Ideas, yeah. Traditional religion, ooh, see now we're getting somewhere. Traditional religion. It's like, you all are being so nice, come on, come on. We can take it. We can take it. We can have all the words here. Mm -hmm. Responsibility. Oh. Hope. Hope. Yeah. Letting go. Let it go. Let it go. That's always going to be there, right? Thank you, Disney. Let it go. Oh, man, I like that letting go idea. So I want to take a moment in this time. This is, to, this is part of our building our mutual vocabulary as a congregation and, and enter into a little conversation about faith. Reawakening, renewing faith is our theme for this month. And we've been taking different steps and different angles to work on that in worship, and we'll be also pursuing that. I'll give you a little bit of a, um, if you haven't read the newsletters all that much, I'll give you a little bit of a spoiler alert for the end of the month. We're starting the annual campaign, so by golly, we need faith to fund the coming year. So we're going to be talking about faith, the practical and the impractical and all of those things. You know, my... One of my favorite definitions, one of my favorite experiences, definitions of faith is, is the personal, the personal experience. One of the favorite images I have is from Philip Booth's poem, First Lesson. And he says, Lie back, daughter. Let your head be tipped back into the cup of my hand. Gently, I will hold you. Spread your arms wide and lie out on the stream and look high into the gulls. You will dive and swim soon enough where this tide water ebbs to the sea. Daughter, believe me, when you tire of the long thrash to your island, lie up. Lie up and survive. And as you float now, where I held you and let go, remember when fear cramps your heart, what I told you. Lie gently and wide, 
to the light year stars. Lie back and the sea will hold you. Lie back, he says, be immersed and buoyant. It is a beautiful image by itself. And it's also, it's also an equipping image. Here is this adult caring for, I think it's an adult caring for their daughter. Equipping the child for whenever they are weary and afraid in life. Any time. It might be in the course of the long thrash, the long swim from place to place, or any time that the heart is tense, to be remembering again and again that gazing into the stars will be a place of rest, that that will restore connection, will be itself a place of holding. And to practice this lying back often enough that makes it instinct, to make it the place to go when, when that fear or tension or hardship is recognized, that there's an automaticness to say, I'm going to rest in this way and this faith. I would say I gravitate to this floating. I do this as often as possible because I'm, this is one of those ways for me that I'm, I, I get to experience directly that practice of breathing into and rest in the moment and being held by the powers of the world. There's so many, there are so many definitions. There are so many definitions of faith. The one I offered in preparing for today was the one that's attributed to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Whereas faith is taking the step without knowing, without knowing quite where the staircase is. I'll offer that I actually did a little bit of homework to say, okay, where exactly did he, did he say this about the staircase and the faith and taking the step? And you know, I think it's actually urban legend. Nobody has the exact source. But that image of, you're moving forward and trusting that you will land someplace. And that was what, whether or not he actually said that, that's one of the ways that he encouraged people to keep moving forward, to keep going one more motion forward, one more increment in the work, in the world, in the spirit of beloved community, that it was worth trying again and again. The Buddhist teacher, Sharon Salzberg, talks about faith as well. She says, for me, faith has a lot to do with courage. And it's the courage to step forward into the unknown. And first of all, and to do so knowing that you don't know. To do so knowing that you don't actually know what's going to happen. And yet it is to say, I will move forward anyway. And to be willing to do so because out of already laying the ground and being willing to trust 
the deepest strengths each of us has. So we're not defined by our circumstance. So we're not letting ourselves be subject to the whims of the world. But trusting and knowing that there is something greater in which to hold true in any given moment. It is a willingness to see a possibility. It's a willingness to see a possibility for something new and transformative to happen that is in line with what we're striving for all the time. That is in line with moving forward. You know, I want to recognize that there's ways in which faith also is not such a great word, has some negative connotations to it that in some of our respective religious paths, pasts, and not even just religious ones, but simply being told you have to have faith, simply being told that you have to have faith um, without criticism, without wondering, without uh, questioning. And I know that folks in Unitarian Universalism and progressive religion in general is like, we love the questions. And many of us come here because we, we couldn't help but ask the questions and keep wondering out loud. That inside the head voice became the outside the head voice. And then it's like, oh, oh, I guess I don't get to ask that here. And then to pursue the effort to find where can, where can I hold and wonder and still trust. Where can I hold and wonder and question and still be in a place of safety, feel like there's a purpose and a meaning and I'm moving forward and I can have trust in what is in the world. I can have trust in my life. But I'll also offer that the work of faith is not, is not done in a vacuum. We have to sort this out with like, well, with the world, by all means, but also with other people, those people that keep being people, the humans that keep humaning. We got to figure it out with each other too. And we get to be in this work together. But it's hard work. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think I'm alone in experiencing the last few years as something of a test of faith. It's been hard to believe in, well, to know what to believe in. You know, a few, some, a few years ago, seven, eight, ten years ago, I, I had a, an impression I had this impression that I felt like our country was moving forward in a more welcoming and more inclusive kind of way. That we were becoming more, more people, we're becoming more aware of oppression and racism and marginalized communities and the experience of that and its impact on all of us. And more people becoming more aware of that and wanting to do better for our own sake as well as others, as well as for the legacy of history. You know, what are we leaving to our children? Now that we know more, what shall we do? You know, one of the best examples of that for me was in 2000, 
15, where it was the start of marriage equality. Marriage equality, woo! One of the best moments in my ministry was conducting the wedding of two women in the courtyard of a museum in Fort Worth. And this wedding, little impromptu, you know, I was in my white robe and stole, and I was looking, it was like, what is a minister doing in the courtyard at the museum with these two lovely women? And this was witnessed by the staff as well as classes of children coming through for field trips. I mean, this was out there, right? This was a new level of normalcy for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer folks across the nation. Ah, that was 2015. And now, now I have the sorrow of reporting of another trans woman, black trans woman who's died. And now we have legislation trying to erase trans people to set up institutional violence against people because of who they are with their gender and the people who care for them. You know, there's also the struggle just playing with the pandemic. There's stunning everyday bravery. Stunning everyday bravery and compassion and care, not just for days but, or months, but for years been blown away by how much effort people have gone into saying we are caring for each other and we're going to do better. It's the healthcare workers as well as so many people who took counsel to heart and stayed home and masked and were careful about being, trying to not be ill around other people. And at the same time, the stunning quality, quantity of casual dismissal of public health casual and deadly, without regard to the broader scope of which we live. Mm. I mean, just those two examples just rise in my heart and choke. What use is the ability to float with care and compassion can be so easily undermined, co-casually dismissed, actively removed. Why have faith? Why operate from a place of believing? I so appreciate Brian Doyle's reading. He said, look, I know too well the story of the world's entropy. Things fly apart. We sicken, we fail, we grow weary, we divorce. We are hammered and hounded by loss. But he says, the whole point for us is grace under duress. And that you take a, either take a flying leap at nonsensical, illogical, unreasonable ideas like marriage and marathons, oh, and democracy. Yeah, don't forget democracy, this wacky thing we do, and divinity. Or you disengage with life. He says the coolest things can be, cannot be measured, calibrated, calculated, weighed, gauged, understood, except by maybe having a child patiently explain it to you, which should happen very often in life. 
He says, I believe in believing, which doesn't make sense, but which gives me hope. This is not passive. We're always in agreement. Kind of faith. This is wondering. This is engaging. This is being present and recognizing how hard the work is. The simplest answer to what should we do about faith is to keep putting ourselves in the path, I think, of other faithful people. The question of faith doesn't have to be a lonely one. Not today. And it wasn't in the past either. You know, Unitarian Universalism in faith in Unitarian Universalism has been a constant evolution while holding firm to freedom and reason and tolerance and love and justice. William Ellery Channing, one of our elders in the 1800s, defined Unitarianism and talked about this in contrast to the rigidity of the, the Calvinist system um, that was a, such a strong religious element uh, at the time. He said that, Channing said that God intended us to actively exercise our intellectual habits and not swallow faith whole, but to accept it as it shows up, recognize it as it gets revealed to us. So it's not a God that's this authoritarian and, and scolding and punishing us, but a God who is a wise teacher. And Jesus being one of those wise teachers, empowered by God, who, like any wise teacher, would delight in expanding the capacities of the students, not in adding to their perplexity, adding to their distress, adding to their concern. So this was in the 1800s, and we've been carrying forth this tradition and wondering and being with each other and having faith in a larger power and presence than us. We may call it God or love or the universe or the holy. Today we're calling it spring. <sighs> Yay, spring, we got here. <sighs> My colleague, Catherine Rorlenz points out, it's simply not enough to be in a group, to be together, but to recognize that we're together because we're trying to grow our souls, to expand and enlarge our capacity for compassion. This is the exercise of faith. This is faith applied when we work on this together. And in so doing, in this enlargement, in this mutual care, we are changing the world. It's not necessarily immediate optimism, but ultimate optimism. And that certainly forms Channing, inspiring folks in his time in 1819, for example, certainly was part of the larger conversation that led to the formation and founding of this congregation way back when. Faith, by all means, is certainly a place where one can and should be able to relax into it in the struggle and know where to look to reconnect with it. And it also helps, gets, helps us get through. 
It doesn't let go of any part of us, you know, mind, body, spirit. You get to apply all that brain power we collective humans have. We get to be in this religious community, using faith as a work in progress, a living laboratory, a living experiment, working from the hypothesis that humans can grow our souls and expand our capacities and indeed change the world. And it's messy and ill-defined and demands attention and time and cleaning up after the coffee, hint. It is a faith worth holding up. And in that living laboratory, we get to be creating and discovering a faith that is worth holding up against the heartbreak of the world. It's not mere poetic sentiment, but boy, poetry helps get us there. So as we go forth, I offer the question, what kind of faith would we create here? This gets to be our work, not just mine. As a minister, I get to bring it to your attention. Everybody else has to do the work. But I look forward to getting to that work together. As my colleague Sarah Smalley says, we choose an honest faith, not false positivity, not naive optimism, but a gritty and determined faith that holds both the world as it is and the world as we dream it will be. Let us go forth and make good use of this holy endeavor. Will you join me in acting in faith? Amen.